Hello and welcome back to another episode of One Kick from Glory. It's Derby weekend, got a lot to talk about. It's also FIFA 23 launch week and we're going to share some thoughts about that as well. I'm joined as always by Matthew on my right mm-hmm. and I've got Craig here on my left yeah, as yeah. well. You know, my name's Clive, in case you didn't know, and we're excited about the games coming up this weekend. We've got the, uh, the North London Derby, Arsenal Spurs, we've also got the Manchester Derby, which might be a walk in the park, might not, depending on who you support. And we also have the little uh, tricky fixture, Chelsea up to Palace. But before we get into all of that, like I said before, it's, the, it's FIFA 23 launch weekend. Uh, last week, we, me and my brother, we were at the Emirates for the North London Derby, the women's edition. Arsenal played Tottenham. And as the famous song goes, and I think it's very appropriate, and I'll say it very nicely, Tottenham get battered everywhere they go. <laughs> even in their home but to just elaborate on that I guess just to start off with Matthew obviously like I said before FIFA 23 is out this weekend they made a massive deal of bringing the Women's Super League into the game for the first ever time and the last ever time and I'll expand on that in a bit and of course they've also added in the French uh, Women's League as well which is really cool How, what impact do you think that's going to have now going forward? Well, it's always been the discussion around uh, women's football is the exposure, is the lack mm. or the lack thereof that has been there for so many years. We all know that the women's game is good and got good potential to kind of rise up to possibly get to where the men's level is, even though it's going to take possibly a good few decades mm. to reach that kind of standard. But you've got to start from somewhere. It's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take all that kind of hard work. We've seen progress alone this year with the Euros. Um, more people are watching more women's football. I mean, the way the game you went to, they played it at the Emirates. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if it's happened there before, but to have it, to have the women's game, the North London Derby at the Emirates mm. is a big deal. A big, big deal. Also, you know what? I thought I, I'd caught up another women's football. So I watched the, the Chelsea game that was played at their kind of standard stadium in Kings mm. Meadow, but the, the Merseyside Derby was played at Anfield. It was played at Anfield. Again, another big, serious deal so women's football is finally get, kind of getting the uh, exposure and the the viewing time it well and truly deserves you look on tv now it's it's everywhere plugging it away plugging it away plugging it away because that's what they should have been doing in the first place mm. so and now finally it's going to be you know you know if for fifa you don't have to wait for the tv shows or the matches you can have it right there in your hands you can go being you know and you know was it French and English? The women yeah. WSL and the French one. You can go pick from one of even one, even one of those. Obviously, there's more leagues like Germany and, and Spain, but mm. have, just having those two alone is a start. Yeah, big big start. So credit where credit's due. You know, finally getting the uh, exposure credit it deserves. No, of course, and, and, and like you said, like I mean, they have had other games at, at the main stadiums before. The women's team have played at Emirates before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's just a change in sentiment in the mm. fact that we're having more of these games, these high-profile games, you know, taking place in these in the main stadiums for the teams. I guess for you, Craig, let's just go back to that game: North London derby, Arsenal Spurs. You know, going to a derby game is always is always a, a momentous occasion. So let, let's talk through the day. What were some of your thoughts like going into the game, and what how did you feel when you were there in the stadium? Going to the game, I was excited. I was very, I was like buzzing. I thought, I know that's a women's game. But I really enjoyed it. Like going there, the atmosphere, getting up early, jumping on the train, seeing my, I wear my Arsenal top, seeing all the Arsenal fans on the train, everyone giving you nods and smiling when they saw me on the train. Mm. It's a good energy. 
get to the stadium, everyone was happy, singing and dancing and enjoying it. And then when we were in the stadium, the game started. All of the fans, were, all of us fans, were like when Tottenham players were fouling on players, persistent fouling, were arguing with the fans. I've got a jump in right here. There's a player for Tottenham, yeah. I can't remember her name. I think it's number 14. Number 14, yeah. Number 14, yeah. You're a bad girl. But not not like, you're not a bad girl, like a like a yard bad girl. You're a bad girl. You need to be set on a naughty step. Dirty player. Dirty player. <laughs> Carry and on. Then, um, Dirty. And then it was it was good to see that the fans were like, we're, we're bantering Tottenham fans. Shout out Rebecca, he went to our school. Like, we're bantering her saying how many goals you conceded today. <laughs> Sorry, Rebecca, forgive me. It was four, but still, like, you made some good saves, to be honest. Like, you made some great saves. You're very good with your feet as well. So I have to say that like, it could have been a higher score line if you didn't make some saves you made. So mm. well done to Arsenal. Unlucky Tottenham, as per usual. North London is always red and always will be red. So, yeah. Standard occasion. <laughs> but, yeah, I think ju- just to go in more detail, I think what's really interesting when you, you look, when people... You know, there's always these comparisons between the men's game and the women's game. There's always this talk about, you know, like people talk about things like having parity of pay and all this kind of stuff. But putting that all to one side, I think for me, what I really liked is that there's a good standard in the women's game now. Mm. You know, it's come on a long way from, you know, I mean, you always hear about these fixtures where the, you know, the under 14s, under 15s play the women's teams and then end up beating them by a high scoreline. And for me, I think that all comes down to a couple of things. I think one of them is about just general speed. I think these, the, you know, the the the, the int- speed intensity of which women, women games games have been played at, it doesn't always match the men's game at times. Mm. I think the technical level of some of the men's games probably a bit higher. So I think when you play against those younger boys, you do it does help to kind of sharpen you up and raise your level in your game. And I know one team, uh, Barcelona, used to do that for a long time, play against their youth teams. Now they batter them, so they don't play them anymore. So I think for the English teams, you know, I think Arsenal did play against our under 14s, under 15s, and then they got absolutely beaten. But, you know, it's it's a good thing because it just shows you the level you need to get to and the things you need to fine-tune. But I guess the final point on that, Matthew, like just looking ahead, you know, with the women's game, like you said, the most I derby was at Anfield. Obviously, we had the North London derby at the Emirates. There's also going to be Arsenal, Man City, Arsenal, Man United is going to be at the Emirates. And I will be there doing what I did at the weekend, cheering them on with my voice, sharing some wonderful chants. You know, spec safest, if ever you want to, you know, sponsor a league, the Super League is right there. The referees need all the help they can get. Trust me. <laughs> but um, I guess for you, Matthew, do you think that, and I'll come on to why in a second, do you feel like the clubs need to take a notice of the sentiment of these, you know, the attendance in these games, you know, the, the fan feeling, and do you think they should make a move to have more of these games played at their main grounds? Well, it's like you said, we went to the uh, we went to the North London Derby game. The same kind of intensity it was there. The rivalry was there. The tackles was there. Mm. Everything was there. It wasn't that much different from from the men's team. From the men's team, mm. it, you just may not know who all the players are. But after watching that, you're going to know them. And you know, we can all go back to the Euros where we saw some of those Arsenal players playing for the badge for England and for um, for Arsenal. And all, and Mido, Mido, Mido. There you go. We're learning their names. So. This was this was a mistake on some clubs' part when it came to that Euros because not a lot of them had the courage to actually try and have to have the games in their stadiums. But credit to the ones that did. Credit to the ones that did because they 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 locked onto something as an absolute goldmine. So it was a very mm. genius move. I'm ashamed to say, you know, my personal club. I don't know if they were involved in it, but they didn't see the uh, they didn't see the you know the grab. And they're the, the WSL champions as well. It doesn't make much sense. But anyway. 
it was it worked for it's working for Arsenal, it's working for I think Liverpool and I think likes of Everton. So why not give it a try? It's already growing. This is this is the one you're gonna go to. Mm. Plus the tickets are gonna be cheaper, it's gonna be more accessible. The games, like you said, the game is very, very a very good, consistent pace is improving. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, like the games that like I saw the, the Merseyside Derby, um your your game, the Chelsea game. It's getting it's getting better. And I think also what doesn't help sometimes is, yes, they play the 15 and 14-year-old boys to improve their overall mentality and their skill and their strength or whatever. But to compare it to the men's games, they're two different sports. There's a reason why Serena don't play Federer. There's a reason why someone from WNBA won't go against LeBron. There's a reason, you know, there's reasons for all of that. Mm. They take, take it as something completely new. And what's coming next is for the future. It's rife. It's already there. You've got the infrastructure. You've got the players. You've got the fan base. You've got the rivalry. So let's look now look ahead to the future. Very good to talk about football's past. Let's show the same energy for football's future. I agree. And one thing I like to point out is that we had we have the records, ticket sales, and record appearance in the WSL. That's Arsenal. So we, had, we sold 53,737 tickets. I think around 48,000 fans made it in in the end. I think the, people, there was, the, the fixture date changed. So a lot of people couldn't make it and they were trying to desperately sell on those tickets. But I think just that, you know, Arsenal having that record, it being a North London derby, a 4-0 battering, what more can you ask for? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think these are all really positive things. And like I said, just having it in FIFA is also like a really big plus. Like I said, FIFA 23, for those of you who don't know, this is the last um, game which EA Sports will produce with the FIFA title in it. So FIFA, the federation, have decided to separate from EA Sports and they are going to have a different company producing their game from next year. FIFA have already, EA Sports, sorry, have already announced that their new game is going to be called EA Sports FC. Mm. Crap name. But... They have invested a lot of money. One of the things that they will have is from next season, La Liga, everything will be branded by EA Sports. They've got, they got some innovative ideas there. So it's going to be interesting to see how, they, how it all plays out. But I say all of that to say that, um, do we think, you know, I'll land this on you, Craig, then we'll move on to the other topics. But like, do you feel like the, the Euros win this summer, put in the, the, the women's teams, I mean, they were in the game in 22, that's when they first put them in, national teams, but put in the domestic teams, in the, the game this year and just this kind of change in sentiment and, and perspective. Do you feel like this is now going to have a much bigger fan base for women's football going forward? Yes, I think England winning the Euros is a massive boost for women's football because mm. they are, and more people are going to want to watch the game and more girls are going to be want to be involved and more girls, like young kids are going to want to bring their parents, families are going to come. Like when we went to the Emirates the other day, you can see a lot of families were there mm. and that's going to bring attract more revenue and more younger fans. And more people want to get into football. And I feel like it was a bonus that having an Arsenal did at the Emirates. A lot of fans were there. And obviously we're bantering the Tottenham fans. But obviously it was a, it was a friendly banter. It wasn't nothing serious. You know what I mean? Friendly banter for you. Listen. It was serious banter. Yeah, let okay. me land. It was serious banter. But obviously it's different from the men's, isn't it? Obviously when it's a men's game, you know it's a different... Obviously the Tottenham fans were, were giving it to them, minute. They were quiet. They didn't say nothing. Because they couldn't <laughs> say nothing. They were 4-0 down. So they couldn't really say nothing. But I feel like this, this is going to help boost the women's game and I feel like in a couple maybe 10-15 years as Matthew said they'll be on a level par with the men like financially sponsors and more interest more people want to play women's football mm. and they'll get more games or want to sign them up to get them to play in more future like Pro Evo Lopez and all these bigger gaming companies will want to sign off and spawn, put more money into women's game mm. I think what, what, where the women's game needs to grow is from grassroots level where I think the FN is to give more money to grassroots level 
for them to um want to grow and more more there'll be more women professional footballers because they're gonna wanna wanna play. They wanna be like Leo Williamson, your your um your um Beth Mead, you wanna be your um, the Scott's. Alex Scotts and your Rachel Yankees and your um Kelly Smiths and your um mm. Sam Kerr. Sam Kerr yeah. and like Beth Mead and uh, Beth yeah, and um the other one he plays for Lucy Bronze players like that. Mm. So they're gonna wanna and um they're gonna go score the winner in the final. Kelly Chloe Kelly. Chloe Kelly, yeah. People mm-hmm. are they're gonna wanna be like them in the future because it opens up doors. When they see your heroes playing for your local teams, it's gonna want to open up doors for you. You're gonna wanna be inspired to be a footballer. Girl, woman footballer. Mm. I know back then, it was back in the day, it was very stigma of women behind football, but now I feel it's better that women are allowed to play football and have the freedom to play football, not feeling they're stuck in a box and they can't go reach their goals. Now they, mm. they see that the women have done it. That's the benchmark for them to reach the highest level. I, I mean, say. I mean, think think back to when we when we were both at um, I name dropped them. When we were both played for the you know, our Sunday league club when we were younger, I won't name drop them. I'll mm-hmm. save it, right? Yeah. But, you, but you know, when you think about the youth teams, like from the under nines, tens, elevens, etc., yeah. you always had girls in the team because there wasn't a girls team. Oh. And you fast forward from then to mm. now, and like you've got academy infrastructures, you've got all like there's just been such a mm. massive mm. change. Even the fact that there's actually a professional body where women mm. can actually get paid to play the game, get a good wage, and mm. live live and not have to worry about working two or three jobs just to kind of play the game they love. I think that's amazing. Definitely. Still a long way to go. And still more that will be that will happen mm. or be done. But I just like the fact that the women's game is a, in a place now where it has the respect it deserves. Mm. And that's key. It's earned the respect it has. And if it wants more accolades, it's going to have to just keep doing more and People more. And a shout out to Ian Wright as well, because he's a massive ambassador to the women's game as well. So shout him out. Like He kind of had to pull people up the other day about them criticising the women's game and all mm. that. So I'm, I'm happy that he did what he had to do and says put his fight in there. I didn't care about mm. reputations. He just said, he said it how it is and I respect that. So yeah. big him up for that. Amen. Well, shout out to Ian, right? If we're going to move from the women's game to the men's game, before we get to the topic that we really, really want to get into, let's start off with Chelsea uh, coming up to Crystal Palace. Are you home or away? We are away. You're away at Palace. Oh, that's going to be a, a rough one. So like, mm. your season hasn't really gotten started. I think we can safely say that. Crystal Palace's season has been well and truly underway and they're having a really good run at it. Looking ahead to that fixture, what are like a couple of things that you want to see from your team going into it? I want to see if things go wrong, which we normally do. I want to at least see what Potanisa is due is a plan B. A bit of resilience when things don't normally go their way. This is one of Tuchel's biggest problems. It can't be one of Potter's biggest problems because when we go default we play this very safe very defensive very cowardly kind of football where all they got to do is play the basics and you know you turn us over Zagreb did it Southampton did it and Leeds did it to full effect always on the always on the transition I'm happy that Kante is actually coming back now rumors that Kante he's back in the team back in at least back in training because it shows you just how I know he's getting older and people say you know he's if best years are behind him, he's still so effective and so essential to this team because Jorginho can't do it on his own. Mm. He's not that kind of player. He needs he needs him there. Or at best, Kovacic has got to be there as well because they played really well a couple of years ago. Um, I want to see... Well, I know that Kai Havertz played really well for striker for Germany in the England game on Monday, but that's, 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 the, that's the Germany game and against the Premier League. I want to see... Abamian be a little bit more comfortable in the role. He's had an international break, a couple of weeks off or so. We've missed quite a few games, which kind of might be a little bit of a disadvantage. But it depends on what's going on at the training ground. Allow them to kind of maybe rest. Not all, not all of them were playing around at this time. So we 
just to see how those players who got dropped maybe in the last couple of games, how they're going to react to coming back into the fold. It'd be interesting to see who plays in goal. Mm. It'd be interesting, interesting to see if Mount starts. It'd be interesting to see if Havertz starts, to be brutally honest. I don't know if he will. Sterling's going to start. I think he's still got a... He's been one of the most effective players so far, one of the only ones actually trying to do anything, get learning that kind of that work ethic from Man City. Kulabali needs to know he, that he's in the Premier League, pay a lot of money from him. <laughs> he needs to know he's in the Premier League. That goal alone is not enough. I'm glad you're scoring them. You've got to stop them. And for Fana, don't get done like that again at Zagreb. Don't get done like that. It was shameful to watch. It was so simple. It was so easy. So Palace is not a tough, he's going, is not an easy game. There are no easy games. Our next three games are pa- uh, Palace. AC Milan on Wolves. Mm. We don't like playing Wolves at the best of times, and we also still got AC Milan in the Champions League, and we've only got one point. Diego Costa and Diego Costa. <laughs> Diego Costa no, might be back to prove. I think we're at home for that one, but he might be back to prove a point, which is always the worst thing when Diego Costa has got to prove a point. So, do I think we'll win? I'm going to stay positive. I'm going to say yes. The time might have done us good, um, but it also might have done. It also depends on what we're doing on the, on the training pitch. Just, just to see how different we look, because Potter's always known to be playing that really good, kind of exciting football, and we've got exciting players. Mm. So it's only natural to see them performing in such an exciting way. But so it's going to sound like a broken record from what I said last year: a performance and some goals and the win. Mm. For you, Craig, looking ahead to that fixture, obviously, like I said, Uncle Wrighty, he was a Palace player. Mm. Period of time, Palace plays some beautiful football. Our former captain, Patrick Vieira, legend, is the manager there. So obviously, we have vested interest in in that result. But how do you think the game's going to pan out between the two? Well, if Palace play, if Palace play on the A game, and I know Vieira is going to be Vieira and Chelsea are big rivals from when he was a player. Mm. I thought, I, I honestly, I'll be brutally honest. I think Palace could beat them. You know, if Chelsea are not on their game. And Palace could beat. If Aubameyang played like how he played at Arsenal towards the end of Arsenal spell, stinking out the joint, and not working hard enough for the team, I thought Palace could do them, you know. The reason mm-hmm. why I say Palace could do them is because Palace got a young, hungry team with English, a mixed, a core of English at the back, a core of French, a core of mixed players in the team. And I thought that they could do them, honestly. If the hearts on fire, on form, I thought that Palace could do them. Yeah, that is, that is a concern. I guess for you, Matthew, that is a big concern in terms of like, you, you need to have your good performances. You can't afford to have someone like Wolf Saha have like a, you know, an, an exceptional game. Have a bit of fun. Like, yeah. like you said, the plan B is going to be necessary. Do you, and obviously, you know, you mentioned the other games you've got coming up. So Milan, Wolves, Giroud and Costa could come back to call, call you guys nightmares. Um, but I guess in terms of, of those three games, what would be the ideal points that you'd want from them and what do you expect you'll realistically get um i i'm quite reasonably positive we can beat palace it'll be a narrow win but i think we can win ac milan i think we'll draw against milan and i think we can possibly no i think we'll beat milan but i think we'll draw against wolves because we don't know how to play against wolves we've never really able to be had their number i think we've only beaten them what a handful of times in the last three or four games mm-hmm. so i can see us beating palace narrowly i can also see us beating milan again quite narrowly but I think Wolves will be a challenge especially if Costa is up front especially if he's there because he will have he left on bad terms and he's the kind of guy to hold a grudge he'll fight in the empty room you know he'll turn up he will t- he will try his best to go and turn up and like he said I hope you, you just hope that Aubameyang who came for Tuchel and only got 45 minutes of him you hope that you know Potter's able to kind of deal with that kind of it's also Potter being able to deal with such big personalities people who know how to play on a high level people who know how to win on a very high level so Champions League winners Premier League winners international 
winners. As good as he was, you know, at the likes of um, Brighton, and then you had Ostrasons back at the Swedish team back a few years ago. The magnitude of what's going on in these players' heads. My, my, my biggest fear is they're going to look at this guy and think like, you've only been to like what I like to call farmers' teams. So we're going to eat you alive. But I hope Potter's got that kind of leadership and that discipline. Again, I feel like we lack a bit of discipline in that team. Mm. You know, is the captain doing enough to kind of get these players to come out and perform for the team, for, for, for the club, for the, for, the, for, the, for the fans, you know, thank the fans coming by. Is there a captain, as good as Davis as a captain, is it a show of him getting a bit older now? Who Should we pass on that captain's armband to someone else? And if so, who? Like, what is, where are the characters in this team? And how are they going to work with, 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 with Potter anyway? I know there was just Potter there as a bit more of a, an agreeable manager, but he's got to have that fire somewhere. Mm. So I see, that's what I think will happen. Do I think that will happen? Probably not. Mm. We could easily draw all three. I don't think we'll lose, but we might draw more than we win. But I don't think we're going to lose. So let's, let's look ahead to Liverpool versus Brighton. We're going to touch on the, the derbies. We're saving the best till last. But Liverpool-Brighton coming up. Liverpool have had a really, really... I mean, if you've had a, a slow start to the season, Liverpool haven't woken up. <laughs> they're still in bed. They're still on holiday. Salah hasn't returned to the Premier League. He's probably still... I don't know. I, I think he's still chasing down um, Sadio, you know, that penalty from the, <laughs> you know, the AFCON. AFCON. But um, like looking ahead to that fixture, Liverpool are, away, Liverpool are at Brighton, or Liverpool are playing Brighton at the weekend. If Liverpool, what, what will be the ramifications of Liverpool if they don't kickstart their season in that match for you, Craig? They won't get Champions League. That's their bread and butter. If they don't, if they don't, if they don't start playing, because we got them next after Tottenham, we got them next. So yeah. I'm feeling if Brighton do them, I feel confident we can do them as well at home. I feel confident because every time we play Liverpool the last couple of seasons, we always seem to lose against them. It was always a close first half and the second half we capitulate. So I feel that this time we've got a better team. We've got Jesus, we've got Martinelli, we've got better players now. I feel if, if on a level playing field, if they play how their form is right now and we play them next week and we beat Tottenham on the weekend, I feel we can beat them. I, I find some chance to get Liverpool now. Before, not last season, not really. Now Arthur's got the right squad, I find some chances against them. And I think Brighton, I feel Liverpool and Brighton, Brighton's got a good record against Liverpool. They have, I don't know if they're lost, but I think they had a good record in the last season. They did well against them last season. I know they've they got a new manager in. I still feel Brighton's got a good team, got a good Premier League squad. Mm. They've got some great players. They sold Basuma and someone, but they've got kind of Casado guy, the Ecuadorian mm. centre mid. They've got Danny Welbeck, who can score goals on his day. They got um Solly March, they've got that um Trossard, McAllister. They got McAllister, mm. they got they got the big um Lewis Dunk at the back, they got the goalkeeper, Sanchez, he's a good goalkeeper. Tarek Lamptey, yeah. good player. They got they got some good they got some good youngsters coming in the academy as well. So I feel if Liverpool don't buck up their ideas, they could lose on Saturday. Hundred percent. And I mean, even just saying that, that's that it sounds crazy to say, but the reality of the situation is like they're just not playing well. For you, Matthew, like what do you think Liverpool should do in their approach to this game to get the three points to kickstart their run this season? Well, for one, they've got to start begging for, for Mane to come back because if you looked at last... If you look <laughs> he ain't at, coming back. If you looked at last season and the times where you think you'd exactly when you want to deliver, he didn't... He was slowly starting to kind of stop giving those Mane-esque kind of performances in the first place. So as good as they were, there could have been more... If he... I'm not saying... I'm not putting the whole thing on him, but they were inches away from the Premier League. They were inches away from the, from, from the quadruple... So his time there was, 
his, his time at the club was coming to a very slow end. And if any one of those three was going to leave first, it was always going to be him. Mm. He's still got much to prove in Bayern. And I think he's kind of doing it right now at the moment. He's back in the Champions League. He's back in the team that's probably certified to win the German League again anyway. So first of all, they've got to stop, you know, begging for him. The second thing is just all that, that midfield. That midfield is absolutely starving. I know they've got their injuries and, you know, they can't really much help with that. But that midfield just needs to be plugged up just, just a little bit more. And also Nunes... He's he's got he's got a kick on as well. Haaland is taking the Premier League like it's a, it's a joke. Mm. He is a joke. That goal in the Champions League, I'll say it again, joke. His performance, two hat-tricks already in the Premier League, joke. He's got like 10 or 11 goals after how many, less than 10 games. Joke, joke, joke. He's got to kick on. Remember that time when he played them against, I think Marco said he played them against uh, Porto. Mm. And run ring, absolute rings around them. That's the, that's the Nunes. Oh, Benfica. Benfica, not sorry, mm. I said that Yeah, Benfica. That's the one that they need. He really is now one of the new spearheads for their front for their front three. The originals, no. Liverpool have always been kind of good recently of chopping and changing that front three. All the way back from when they had like Suarez, Sturridge and um, Sterling. And Sterling. Mm. They've been good. When they had the likes of Coutinho, when they had the likes of Firmino, when they had the likes of, of, of Sane, but, no, no, Mlani, sorry. When they had the likes of Salah. He's effectively part of a very good front three plus he got the likes of um, Carvalho as well mm. so he Carvalho's pulling his weight no Jota will always pull his weight Nunes needs to start pulling his weight he's had a rocky bit of a rocky start because I think he scored in the Community Shield he scored, mm. he scored in the Community Shield but after that game against Crystal Palace where they got a little bit rumbled I think he's almost like he's trying to play a bit too tentatively mm. trying not to get sent off rather than to go out there and play in the game and you're a Big old monster of a player. I'm not saying you're like Haaland, but you're, you should be striking fear in all kinds of defenders. Mm. So he needs to, more, more than anything, I think, I mean, he needs to start pulling his weight because the rest of the team will then go along and feel that with them. But you do also wonder in the future, are some of their stars starting to get, reach their point where they start need to be replaced? The team is ageing very slowly. Van Dijk's been there for a while. Milner's been in the Premier League for a while. Mm. They've got underrated legends like John Matip as well. He's been there for a while. They're, they're going to be playing if they're not careful. It's not. It won't be just be City they're playing catch up with. They'll be they'll be playing catch up with other teams like Arsenal, Spurs. If, mm. if, if they're not careful, next transfer windows they have are going to be very important. I like that point you brought up, and I'm going to come to you, Craig, about that as well. But like, um, so I was talking to my colleague Mo about this actually today, and he, you know, because obviously there was all this talk about you know Shermaine uh, being a target that they wanted to get. Obviously, he went to Real Madrid. There's all the talk about Jude Bellingham, and. Mm. My colleague Mo said that he thinks it's the, pos- the possibilities that Bellingham might end up at Man City. Because why not? They, they would pay the money. Would, would Liverpool even pay that fee? But for you, Craig, like just on that point, Matthew's talking about about their aging, their aging mm. team. You know, they're yeah. all grown old together, mm. which was good when in the gl- in the glory. I said the glory years. I mean, they won one Premier League and they won Champions two League. Champions League, one Champions yeah. League. Oh, one, yeah, twenty nineteen, yeah, one champ, <laughs> one Prem, one champ. Oh, we have to talk about Liverpool soon. Anyway. You're going on the lights soon, but um, <laughs> there's a lot to talk about there. But like, yeah, like, what do you think that now there is a serious concern about them refreshing their team? And do oh. you think that they are now going to drop out of being up there with City? Yeah, I think I think last season was the last season for them when they they peaked at the last season. They fight. I think they won everything last season. I think they'll be okay this season. I think they, 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 their confidence is shattered from last season, losing the title in the last game of the season, losing that on the Champions League final. Losing Mane, losing Origi was a big player for them. A lot of people don't talk about Origi, but Origi was a big game player for them. Mm. I remember all the big games, 
Klopp always used to bring him on. Remember the Liverpool game? Remember the 90th minute? Yeah. Barcelona. Scored Barcelona. Yeah. All the big games, he scored the goals and then Liverpool didn't offer him a new contract. So Liverpool kind of bit their hand, kind of bit their hands to spite their face. So they lost out, or bit their nerves to spite their face. They lost out on a, on a top elite striker when they should have kept him. Not Say to me, no, you're not going to start every game, but you'll come on and get minutes. They brought in Nunes. Nunes is going to take six months to get adapted to the league. So, and Jota's always injured. Good player, Jota, but always injured. For me, no, it's like he's aging backwards. He's not really the same player he used to be anymore. Mm. You see, he's trying, but it's not really the same Firmino we used to know. The midfield is a big problem. Henderson's getting old. Thiago's yep. injury prone now. Naby Keita has always been injury prone since he come to Liverpool. We forgot about Oxlade. Oxlade, I'll oh, just forget about him. He's, he's, <laughs> he's just write him off. He's not, he's not fit. He's not going to start on the team anymore. Um, who else have I got? Fabinho as well. He's the only fit midfielder, really. Thiago. And Thiago, yeah, Thiago is injury prone. And you've got Curtis Jones has gone backwards. He's not the same Curtis Jones he's, when he first came he's, out. He's very young. And when he first came out, he looked like a prospect. Like I think the last couple of seasons, I don't know if it's if him getting the first team football straight away has gotten to his head but he's not the same player he used to be mm. he's gone back I think he's regressed a lot I think so Harvey Yellett's a good young player but he's not ready yet to take over from them players Carvalho's a good young player coming through they have got good youngsters coming through but they're not ready they need, they're not ready yet to take over from a Salah or or, or Mane or Diaz Diaz is a good player 100% mm. good player um, Mane Leaving was a big shock. Not a big shock, but a big shock to the players, I feel. Because he he was orchestrating. Last season when he played him up front, he was scoring all, most of the goals. Like In the big games, he was banging in all the goals. They never replaced him properly. Salah's having a... I don't know what to call Salah's form at the moment. Or PTSD but, from AFCON. Yeah. And I think I feel like if he can get get his get his bearings back again, he'll be a good player for them again. But he's aging as well. He's in his 30s now. So. There's a big if as well, because he's been off, off form... I mean, oh, wow. form is temporary, as we know, with all top players, mm. plus permanent. So he can rediscover mm. his goal scoring touch and get the goals back. But I think the concern is the longer it drags on for, the big questions, you know, the big question mark will be is this another Bamiang situation? Have we mm. given another big player big, big contract at the uh, wrong side of, you know, heading mm. close to that 30 mark? Is this mm. a mistake? But and I thought with Drew Bellingham as well, I thought Drew Bellingham should avoid going to Liverpool. Like, I thought if he had an opportunity, he should either go to either Man, Man, Man City. I'll, I'll take him to Arsenal. You'd, to be honest, you'd with send you. Bellingham to Man City. I wouldn't. I would have sent him to Liverpool because look, look at Grealish and, and, and at least at Liverpool he'd start. Yeah, he would start. But and, if, you look, if if he's going to Liverpool, they're not going to win anything straight away because that they're in a rebuilding. They're they rebuilding right now. They'll build around him. Huh? They'll build around him. They won't do that. Are they, are they going to want to spend a hundred? His release costs one hundred thirty million. I can't see Liverpool paying one hundred thirty million for him. They'll take that risk. I don't think they will because they don't like spending big. Liverpool's like. The way how they, they buy their players, they buy the Sell players for, yeah. they don't really like, Man City will pay 130 million, there you go, take him. Man United will put that money on the table. But I don't see Liverpool putting 130 million on the table. They were trying to ne- ne- negotiate for a cheaper price and then other clubs, Real Madrid won him as well. So, Real Madrid playing. Mm. Mm. So between Madrid, Liverpool or Liverpool or Man City. So. I think they're also tired. Mm. I think they're also tired from last year. If you think about it, they're competing on four fronts mm. at maximum capacity. Yeah, two domestic titles, a Community Shield uh, this year, competing in the Champions League, getting to the final, mm. and getting inches away from the winning the Premier League. They must be knackered, not including internationals 
and the World Cup coming up, mm. they must be absolutely exhausted. And the emotional, mm. the emotional stress of losing the final as well must have still the two them. big yeah. ones. The yeah. fact that they were probably, this is probably the closest we've ever seen in quadruple attempt in probably ever. And if they and they had done it yesterday, that would have been the greatest Liverpool Premier League team, the Premier League team to win everything because it'd been better than the treble season that United did. It'd be much more better than the treble season, obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, let's move on to. The last day we're going to talk about tonight, the North London derby, part two, in case you you missed, you know, you weren't counting. Arsenal Spurs Saturday, early kickoff, first game, I think it's the first game, isn't it? First game of, of the weekend, of the, all the fixtures, the Premier League's mm. back, you know, rest in peace, your match and all that good stuff. But um, it's going to be one heck of a game. It's going to be one heck of a game. Uh, I mean, the news came out today that uh, Kulisevsky is potentially out an injury which might be I a good or bad thing. injured as well I think who? I think look Hugo Lewis might be injured as well that could be mind games we'll have to see I know Smith Rowe is out he's going, had surgery he'll be back in December in trainings uh, which sounds like a bad thing but when you when you count the World Cup coming up in November it's not a bad thing we've just got one month without him realistically mm. so it might not work out might not be too bad of a loss for us but look ahead to that game now um, which will be tomorrow as of release uh, what are you looking forward to so what do you want to see from the Arsenal players? What do you really want to see from the team? I want, I want Arsenal to battle Tottenham. The way how they battled us at, um, that, um, at their ground last season. I want revenge. Mm. I want them to just go out all out attack and destroy them. All out attack? Mm. Not all attack. I want them to go... I want, I want, I want players to score hat-tricks. I want, I want, I want that type of bastion because the way how we lost to them last season was so... I still pain. I still did pain from that game at, at White Hart Lynn, the way how we lost to them, how we gave up. And I feel... I thought that if we won that game, even if we had to do was draw that game, we would have got top four. So I thought that we have to show a statement that we're not we're we're good, we're coming for top four this season, and we're gonna try and challenge to win a trophy this season. So if we beat our main rivals who are doing well right now as well themselves, that would be a big a huge statement, I would say. Yeah, I, I agree. I th- I think the key thing is the performance we need to have. We need to, we need to approach it very maturely, but we also need to start setting pace. You know, te- teams need to get that fear of, oh, it's Arsenal, uh-oh. Not, oh, it's Arsenal. We might be able to take points. You ain't taking points of us anymore. Those days are gone. Those days are the Unite Emirate days. You know, they're, they're, those are the BA days. You know, you have BC, you have BA. Before Arteta, those days are gone. <laughs> but for you, Matthew, I think looking ahead to this game, it's going to be a big game, exciting game. Obviously for you, you know, kind of a draw would probably be what you'd want ideally. But looking at the two teams, like, what do you think is, it, of the two teams, who do you think stronger? And what do you think are the differences that separate them from each other right now? Ooh, good one. Good question. Team that I think is stronger, you mean in terms of player or in terms of performance? Both. I'd, I think right now in terms of cohesion and how what, what is expected from the manager, what the manager wants his players to do, singing the praises. You can't fault what Arsenal are doing at the moment. It was always said that you're a few signings away from being a team that can properly compete. You've now achieved that. Mm. And so far, you have been... I know City, you know, I'm set, you know, setting the pace, but I believe you're still top of the... We're still top. You're still top. You're still top in, you know, coming back into September. Um, could still be top of the by the end of the weekend. You are the team... You're, you're, you're now the team to watch. You might not be, you know... Setting the pace might still be decided by further future games, but you are now the team 
to watch. But I must say, with Spurs, but Spurs have a half decent team, and they have. I think they've got more. You've got more of a youthful excitement on your side, but they have the experience on their side. They've got more experienced manager. They've got more experienced players. I mean, acquire someone like Perisic at the age that he has. He's played at the highest level for how many different occasions? You know, World Cups and all like. Mm. Um, and they got experienced players like Kane that's going for that Premier League record. Son came back to life in the Leicester game. I know there was about their performances might have been about so-so, but coming up with a hat-trick in that time is clearly not that easy. One of his goals is an absolute banger, by the way. I can't dispute that in any way, shape or form. Plus, let's go to the man at the top of the face that runs a place in Antonio Conte. Wherever he goes, this man leaves a trail of winning. He did it at Chelsea. He did it at Juve. Um, he's got the, he's probably one of the closest managers to give him a winning feeling at Spurs since basically ever. Um, and he did well at Italy as well. He's he's leaving a culture behind of winning and mm. passion as well. I can't fault this guy's passion for when he first came to us in that first season at Chelsea. He got after the the, the, the rock bottom season we had, finishing 10th, he came back and get the, put the life back into the place, got them playing, got them loving the badge. So this game is not very easy to call but in do, any way, shape or form. Do you think that he can change the culture of Tottenham? Because like like Giorgio Chiellini said years, you know, a couple of years ago, it's, this is Tottenham. Mm. We know what they are. So do you think Conte is enough to change that? He's got a big job in his hand if he's going to... Tr- he's got a big job in his hands mm. if he wants to try and do that because you're undoing... It's not so much of the team he's got to be doing that. It's just how Tottenham have perceived how they are looked upon and how they take on themselves as a kind of a running joke. They must... They, they, it, must come, it must come to a point where they must accept that, oh, we're running joke, ha, ha, we're Tottenham. That something has got to change. And if anyone's going to do that and not simply settle for second best, it's going to be him. Mourinho couldn't do it, but I think Mourinho at the time had passed his best. Mm. Conte, I think, has still got one, two, maybe two years to be at pro- pro- proven at that top level before the likes of, you know, your Arteta's can come up. Let's say if he has a really good year this year, you know, got the potential to really go over distance, mm. they might be coming on their up. Uh, Conte, this is, as far as big jobs go, maybe, this might be one of his last really big, big, big ones. You think so? He, well, he's got, like I said, he's changing so much. Because when, when he came to Chelsea, we're already winners. When he was at, they were at Juve, mm. they're already winners. That's true. Italy team, they, they, they won the World Cup how many times? They, they recently won the Euros, already winners. Tottenham, no disrespect, but the winning culture just isn't there. All the disrespect, you are bottle jobs. <laughs> you, you, you are the milkman. Well, yeah, how many finals have they bottled in years? The Carabao Cup, the Champions League, um, FA Cup semi-finals, serial FA Cup semi-finals. I think they had three in a row. At least when we got beaten at Wembley, we were, we were there twice. We were there. We we're already there. He's got to change that culture. I think the culture is the biggest problem. It's not the, it's not the football. The football's not too bad and the players are not too bad. He's got to change that culture. Mm. First it's, and it's, foremost. It's a deep-rooted deep problem, I would say, with Tottenham. I think they, they haven't won anything for decades and all their fans talk about is the double-winning team in 62 whenever the years they won it. Like, and the 2008 uh, Carabao Cup final. That's all they talk about. That's and, their last trophy. And you've got, fans like, you've, got, you've got Tottenham fans like expressions always dissing Arsenal fans like, well, mate, I can show you my trophy cabinet. You come to the Emirates on Saturday, I can show you all the, the trophies we've won. I can come mm. to your stadium, all you're going to show me is an old, dusty trophy that nobody clean cares glass, about. A clean glass they got a Carling Cup a couple of years ago. Huh? They got a Carling Cup from a few years ago. 2008. Yeah, 2008. 2008. That's the last trophy. That's the last trophy they won. But I, I'm, I, I'm very happy about that. Long may that continue. But um, I guess my, my final point, final question to everyone is, obviously, like, as I said, Matthew, we're sitting top of the tree. That's Arsenal. Um, Man City are behind us, which 
even saying it out loud, it just sounds so bizarre. It sounds almost too real to be too good to be true, but it is true. Mm-hmm. Better believe it. I'll start with you, Craig, and I'll come across to you, Matthew. Like, obviously, in football, you know, you, you have your expectations, and your, you know, expected outcomes and that kind of mm. stuff. But every now and again, you get a surprise. Now, for a lot of people, they think that any talk of Arsenal being potential challengers or being in the title race is premature and it's ridiculous. But in your, from, your, from your perspective, Craig, do you feel like there is enough there to say that maybe, just maybe, this might be the year when we, we win for the first time since 2004? I'll be really, really honest with you. I, I feel like we could definitely do well this season. I feel like if we beat Tottenham on Saturday and we don't lose against the big games like the, Liverpool, the Man City, the Liverpool of the world and we get good results against them, I still we can beat we can beat them. We'll beat the bottom half of the table easily. It's the top half I'm worried about, like the teams like the like the, the, the Chelsea well, Chelsea we beat them last season. I mean like the Liverpools, the Man Cities, the Man United, those teams. Like even um even the um the West Ham. Mm. Or, or the Everton, sometimes the bogey team that we, we play well against and we lose in the last minute. But I honestly feel if if we come back after the World Cup, touch wood, no injuries and, and everyone's back in form after the World Cup, I personally feel we could definitely challenge the season. Mm. I re- the reason why I say that because we, we, we have a, the team spirit is so good. Like, even if Jesus misses a chance now, it's not like before like when Lacazette missed a chance and the fans will turn against him. If Jesus misses a chance now, the, all the players are picking them up. If Lacazette had a chance, the fans would be happy for him. <laughs> that was the issue last season. And not only that, even if, when when the other day I was watching a Fulham game, me and you were watching a Fulham game at home together. Mm. Remember when Gabriel made a mistake for the goal? The fans didn't get onto him. The fans were cheering him. Mm. When Saliba made a mistake against... When did Saliba make a mistake? When he scored our own goal. Open against, game of season. Yeah. The fans didn't get onto him. The fans mm. were just pushing him to go forward. And I feel like if we have that team spirit... And the fans are on our side now. I think the fans are on our side now and they're backing the manager. I feel like if we can if we add one or two players in January, I feel we need maybe three players, maybe another centre forward, a, a winger and a centre mid, a DM. I feel we could definitely challenge the season. My mm. my expectation is if we could win a cup, like win a Europa League or win a League Cup or an FA Cup and maybe win the league, I'll be happy with that. Okay. Mm. For you, Matthew, same question. Do mm. you think that Arsenal are in a position where they could go all the way? And if not, what would you say is the main reasons why it's not possible? The one thing, or the two things or a few things that are going to stop you is that you is the potential of injuries mm. in key positions. Let's not forget for all the good transfers you've done, you know, the additions you've made, Jesus is a fantastic acquisition. Getting Saliba to come in after all that over his years of practice and being absolute rock in defence is a great acquisition. Mm. And just even players improving towards the end of the year, like your Enketias have improved. Martinelli's also improved. He's found another he's found another level, it seems, right at the moment. But your key thing is going to be injuries, especially building, never mind after the World Cup, before the World Cup. Because you don't know how coaches are going to approach with one of them to go for international play, you know, it's going to be a big time for a lot, a lot of clubs. Mm. So if you come back, we come back at Chris Boxing Day for four days, you know, a lot of that's going to tell for who still has the World Cup Blues because it's a very weird time of the year in the like the first third of the season. Very bizarre. We'll know injuries, World Cup form will tell so, so much if you're, you know, if your players are able to kind of stay fit, mm. especially in those key positions, especially there. 
is a title challenge realistically? Well, after what Leicester done, I don't see why not. I don't see why he can't go ahead and try and ride on that wave of form, you know, catch the other teams kind of napping. Like you said, Chelsea mm. are napping, Liverpool are napping. Um, May United are still not cooking on all cylinders. Good. And City, you know, they've got a few... The, only, the real team you've got to worry about right now is City. However, that could change. Come after the World Cup. Injuries won't just affect you, affect other clubs around us. Don't be surprised if it's another team might have come. I don't know who that team might be. Another team might come up from 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 like the mid or the bottom half of the table and make a push that we're not expecting. But what I think you should be doing, mm. I think your bread and butter is a league. And I think even if you don't go for a title push, that top four position is 80% there. I'd go hard for the Europa League. Yeah. Your favourites, mm. your absolute favourites, push for it. Push, push, push. Go for it. Have that have that European to- that re- European trophy in the cabinet. And best of all, best of all, no no dispute, Champions League. You get what you get what you want. I think you're gonna have that fear factor more in the Europa League as does not you know, as much as it is in the Premier League. So mm. yeah, I think just go hard on that Europa. Mm. Two birds of one stone. Champions League. European trophy. I agree. I do want a European trophy. I also want us to, to get in the top four. I, I want. I would love us to win the league, and I, I think it's it's definitely there for the mm. taking. Obviously, because you, you you know you can only go by what what's happened so far on the top. Obviously, injuries can change a lot. Loss of form can change a lot, and we've got a very thin squad. The fact that we played had a fifteen year old come off for his debut. Yeah. Before the break, says a lot. It's a good thing and a bad thing if you look at it. If you look at it from terms of like promoting our youth academy and our squad and his, and his own level and development, that's amazing. But realistically, should a 15-year-old be playing for Arsenal in the Premier League, even if, it, even if it's for two minutes, oh. that is gross negligence from our director of football. But we'll get on to him at another time because it's a feel-good factor right now. But we'll call it a day there. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. And let us know what you think is going to happen in the derbies this weekend. Will Arsenal beat Tottenham? Will Tottenham... You know, do the opposite. I won't say it because I don't want to say it. Well, Liverpool, you know, do what they got to do in their in their game, and will they get their season back on track? Will Will Chelsea can kick carry kick carry on kicking on and and beat Palace, and will Man United do us all a favour and beat their big brother City? I mean, their rival City, not big brother, <laughs> their rival City. But we'll find out, uh, and we'll discuss all of that next week. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the day. Peace out. Peace. Peace.